Hey, what's up, baby? It's Jordan, host of Lemon Pepper and Sasson Comedy presents The Zest, The Seasoning Sessions. Let's get ready to put some flavor on podcasting, y'all. Baby, baby. You already know what it is. So gather all of your friends. Yeah, we're going to have a good time. Okay. It's LPS with a mess. We got the mess, y'all. It's LPS with, with a zest. <laughs> and that's on period. Hey, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of LPS presents the zest the seasoning sessions I am very excited to have another episode I am also very excited for the guest we have on this week she is very talented I have worked with her on a couple of improv shows myself um but for this episode I am going to be co-hosting as opposed to hosting so you're not going to hear that much more of my lovely voice that you're used to I'm gonna let my girl Lana go ahead take over hey girl hey jordan thank you so much for allowing me to host this episode i'm here with day day as well he will be my co-host as well as we talk to the beautiful the lovely sola so day day go ahead and um go ahead say hey to the lovely people out there hello everyone i'm here thank you for having me (laughs) all right let's dive right in so sola how are you doing today you know, I'm feeling kind of wonderful, fabulous, magnificent, amazing. Yes, you look wonderful, fabulous. I love the natural hair. Yes, it is beautiful, nice and curly. Um, so go ahead and tell the people out there what it is that you do. Uh, I am a model, a actress, and a writer. I do a lot of creative content in the DC DMV, uh, that is D.C., Maryland, and Virginia area. Um, I also travel back and forth to Atlanta, just booking little things here and there. Um, so, you know, watch out. I'm yes. And can you tell people where we can find you on the socials in case they want to, you know, scroll through your pictures while they're listening to your beautiful voice? Okay. Um, so on the socials, you can find me on Instagram at Model Solamente. That's S-O-L-A-M-E-N-T-E. Um, you can also find me on Facebook as Jazz Shanice. You can also find me on, if you go to my Instagram, there's a little link down there with the rest of my links that have the rest of my <laughs> socials. So, you know, just get to clicking. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And in our interview, you mentioned that you were going to be coming up with a YouTube soon. So what's going to be the uh, premise behind that? Um just another outlet for some of that creativity. I don't know exactly where I want to take it. And because of that, it's going to go in so many directions and it's going to be a fun time. There's going to be interviews of people that I have worked with or want to work with. There's going to be fashion inspiration. Sometimes some of those makeup looks that I'm trying out, I'll be there getting eyeliner on everything, um, <laughs> different nail inspiration, fitness things, like whatever I want to explore, that's what's going to be on there. Girl, remind me to send you some Lana lashes so that you can put them on for your next photo shoot. <laughs> Shameless. Wait a minute. I want some Lana lashes too. Wait a minute. Easy, breezy, beautiful, all that good stuff. I'll send you some too, girl. I'll send you Everybody some. Everybody Lana lashes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um, something that I didn't know. So I know um, Jazz Sola. I know her from the military. So 
seven, six, seven years ago, I met this girl and we would work out together and, you know, be dying in the gym after dying a long day at work. But I did not know this whole time that she was Afro-Latina. So I would like to dig into some of that and see how that has inspired your art or if you've had any roadblocks um, with the whole Afro-Latina experience, because I that's something that I've never experienced before. Um. It does inspire me because there's there are some things that I see and I'm like, that is beautiful because when I visit family back home and I'm like, oh, nobody cares about this story. They don't want to hear about the flowers that I was really excited about when I was sick. So let me just do the thing and then they'll see that it's great. Um, but there are some roadblocks at the same time because I don't, at least in my opinion, I don't have a traditional Latino woman look. Mm-hmm. And I identify as black. Plus, I have a very Texas accent, mm-hmm. which, is, you know, it can be off-putting. So when I say that, people are, want me to prove myself. And I'm like, I don't have to prove anything to you. I'm in this room. That lets you know that I'm here and I'm doing what I say I'm doing. I don't have to prove my womanhood, my blackness, my Panamanianism, whatever it is. Like, if that is a hang up for you, then this may not be the space you need to be in. But I'm in here. Mm, How are you? I ask a question about that. So I'm very curious because you mentioned oftentimes having to prove yourself, um, especially I, I don't want to assume, but based on your conversation, I, I would assume it's based on the more Latin side of your ancestry and that because you present or identify as Black. Do you often feel like that sense of proving yourself is within the Latin, Latin community itself or is that more pressure from people outside of the community or is it both? I would say it's from all directions. So when a lot of times when I'm in the Latin communities, it is, you're too dark. So you have to prove why you want to be here. In Mm -hmm. Black communities, it is, oh, well, you don't look, you don't look Latina, but I mean, I guess. And then in white communities or other communities, it is the whole myriad of, you are black with an accent or you speak another language or now this is a problem. And it's like, you, you get it from all sides, but at the same time, I'm like that, that same difficulty is what makes the success so much better. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. So jazz has also worked with us on some of our diversity jams doing improv and things like that. And I wanted to ask you, like, how was your experience with that doing? I don't know if you've ever done improv with, a non-diverse group before, but how was your experience doing improv with us in the diversity jam? Um, it was absolutely amazing. I will say the first time I was so nervous. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to say. I hope they like it. But then when I got into it, I was like, you know, you just kind of let the vibes flow, like whatever happens, you just wherever, whatever direction it goes, go. Um, so it was really fun to see a group of people being themselves, being as funny as they want to be, putting their own flair on it. And it not just being like the cookie cutter people that you see being like, these jokes are funny because I said them. No, like we, we got some flavor in here. (laughs) There's a lot of buffoonery. I feel like, yeah, there's a lot of buffoonery sometimes when it comes to people of color and improv spaces. Like we have to over exaggerate every stereotype. And I will say this, when you came in, I always joke like I'm the newest in the group and the newest to improv. And I was like, I realized I haven't really had to improv with that many people outside of the group. So when you came in, I was like, you know, I don't want to mess up the show because I just, I don't know that have chemistry with her yet or anything. And when I say you came in like that old homegirl from around the way, like, oh no, that's, 
there's a lot of people. Oh, okay, yeah, we good. And it was so easy <laughs> to was. work with you. And you picked up everything just naturally. And it really showed that there is a lot of connection amongst POC performers if given the space and the opportunity to really show that we have more that unites as you, you know, you talk about Texas roots or being Panamanian, ha- having all these different things that could quote unquote divide us. But it's like, no, these are actually the tools that make us bonded because you might be black in Texas, but you're still black first, you know? And it's like, it doesn't matter where they put you. And I really, really, really enjoyed interacting with you in that space and just seeing you flourish. Um, was this something that you feel you'd want to do more of in like a professional set? Even I feel like anytime we perform as professional, because guess what? We are professionals, but we get paid and we get paid. <laughs> exactly. But do you feel like, how do you see improv blending? I like to say the skills of improv impacting the other areas that you do as a creative because you do so many different things well but I feel like improv has a set of skills that are unique do you find those things translating um that is so yes it does translate um improv teaches you to be like quick on your feet and there's so many times that I'm trying to do like my little elevator pitch and people like why should I put you in my show why should I put you here and I'm like uh I don't know because I'm pretty and like that doesn't work so you got to have like something quick to say like you should put me in the show because who else you got those people they're not me what do you want you want me in your show and that way like once you start getting those skills and being able to have those thoughts come to you quickly life gets beautiful thing. it's so beautiful and <laughs> I, yes I would love to continue doing improv and especially working with you guys like I enjoyed it, it was super fun like like you said it was it was like being at the cookout like I'm, I'm here with my people my friends people we're just chilling it's good <laughs> um permission to cut up if I could um <laughs> I'm gonna say um Miss Solamente, that you did what needed to be done at that diversity jam. Um, we'd love to see it. Um, every single game you picked up like a natural. Um, and listen, Miss Donna, girl, when you hear this episode, um, girl, you know, if we if we got an extra spot on the roster, go ahead and um let, let Solamente we can get her a t-shirt and um uh, we can throw information up on the website and everything like that. Girl, that's now you that's know I didn't say. already I didn't already sent the pitch, but you know, Miss Donna rules, you gotta you gotta take a class, honey. You gotta take of course, but I'm just putting I'm just putting it back out into the universe again. I'm trying to manifest this <laughs> to happen. But anyways, <laughs> just manifest this girl because I would love to cut up with you on stage. You know, post COVID when um. Uh, coronavirus stopped popping that old nasty stink rancid behind all up and down this country um but anyways child let me let me, let me go ahead i just want to say girl you are a major talent and i appreciate everything you've done for the diversity jam thank you thank you i appreciate that all right so now we're going to dive into the meat and potatoes of this episode jazzy's episode is called mama i made it and it's going to be talking about defining success as an adult now um with covid and everything kind of putting a back burner on a lot of people's uh, progress. Um, I know a lot of my acting friends from a acting background, um, we couldn't do as many onset performances that we wanted to because of COVID. I have a friend who moved out to LA who, you know, have been 
wanting to make that move to LA for years and he wasn't able to do as much as he wanted to do. I myself, uh, you know, wanted to get out to the West coast a little bit more, but of course with COVID that didn't happen. And it's kind of disheartening as a creative, not being able to do what you feel you're put on this earth to do to perform because of the fact that you could catch an airborne virus and die, you know, simply put. So, um, how do you feel, you know, and then being an adult and being in the military and seeing, you know, all these people so much further along sometimes than you are at this point in your life. And at your age, you're like, oh man, I could be doing so much more, or I should have been there by now. How do you define success? How do you not get down by, you know, the comparisons, if you do that at all? And what is success to you in this day and age, especially with this pandemic? Okay. So first and foremost, this pandemic. Can I curse? Is that a thing? Um, oh, you can curse. Yeah, you can. I'll just mark the episode as explicit before I put it out, girl. You good. This pandemic is a dirty bitch and I hate her. So, <laughs> let's, let's start there. Um, it has definitely transformed the way, like, I... Because of the military, I'm a planner now. So I get my little notebook or whatever. I write down my plan. I write down my timelines. And I'm like, here's who I need to contact at this many months. And in in between these months, I need to be doing these smaller things. And I'm like, none of those were able to happen because I couldn't get anywhere. Girl, tell me about it. (laughs) (laughs) So that was like its own like maddening experience where you're like, I'm trying to be successful and the universe is literally stopping me from doing anything I want. So like there, there were times and there will probably still be times while, and while we're getting everybody vaccinated and like over this virus scare that like, there are things that I want to do. And I'm like, I can't do it. Is this even worth it anymore? Mm. And that is a, a difficult conversation to like keep having with yourself because like when you have it in the middle of a pandemic and everything's closed, you're like, well, this is not on me because everything's closed. Six months later, you're like, things are starting to open. This is maybe I wasn't doing what I needed to be doing during those six months that everything was closed. Like maybe I need to be doing more. So you push yourself to go harder. And then, you know, that military mindset, like if I work hard enough, results will come. And if they don't, then you're like, what am I doing wrong? So there came a point where I was like, and I heard it in a movie and it wasn't in reference to success, but I adopted this statement and I love it. The line is wherever I say it is at any given moment. Ooh, I like that. And also, you know, to go along with what you just said, um, of course, I don't have any um, military background. Or I, I never served, but very much the same thing that, you know, you had. Um, when I'm not cutting up, I am teaching America's youth. Um, I'm qualified to do that, I promise. Um, so, <laughs> you know what you said about, because, you know, we did have, you know, quite a uh, quite a uh, lot of time off, you know, when things were shut down and you're just always thinking like, oh, well, I have this time off, so I should be doing this and I should be doing this and I should be doing this. But um, I will say, you know, somebody very wise to me, they said, you know, you're surviving a pandemic. It's not a product a productivity contest. And it's like, yes, you have this time off, but you have this time off on very um, unusual circumstances. And also with the pandemic, we experienced a lot of grief. I mean, 
Something as simple as going to the 7-Eleven and getting some M&Ms and a 7-Eleven iced tea. Like we can't <laughs> even do that. <laughs> we can't even do that. But, you know, I can't even eat inside of Chili's and get me a two for 20 right now. So we're, we're, you know, we're even grieving like little things or I can't even meet with my friends, you know, right, right now. So because, you know, you have that grief, like, you don't feel like being productive because in, in, in accordance to being productive, you also have to have things to look forward to. And the pandemic took away a lot of the stuff that we have to look forward to. So when you once you remove that factor, sometimes being productive and working for things, you don't have the motivation to do so. And so, you know, if anybody is listening to this and they felt like, oh, I didn't do enough in the pandemic, simply surviving and existing in the pandemic is truly enough. Yeah, it really is. Like, you hit it right on with that concept of grief and like things have changed. Like no people were unaware that they were experiencing a lot of loss and not just like people dying, but like the loss of brunch was hard on a lot of people. Yes. God, mm. I miss me a mimosa child. <laughs> like that was difficult. The loss of going bowling or going to top golf was tough. And you look at it, you're like, am I spoiled? Am I being bratty? But like, these are things that you have gotten accustomed to. And when you don't have it, that stuff is hard. And when you're like, I want to do something with my life and I'm going to get started. I'm I'm behind the wheel now. I have all these things. And then that is immediately cut short. You're like, maybe it wasn't for me. Maybe this is something that I'm supposed to give up on, which is like a whole nother realm of loss because this is a dream. And it's like, it is, it's difficult, but you just keep working on it. Keep going. There's no one that's saying that it has to be done just because everyone was sick. Ooh, that is true. Yeah, I know I definitely went through that. Like, is this even feasible anymore, you know, due to the pandemic, due to all the life changes that occurred in 2020? Is this something that I should even be prioritizing right now? So, yeah, it's it is definitely another sense of grief, another sense of a loss, another sense of that I waste all this time preparing for this moment, you know. So, yeah, you definitely hit that nail right on the head. Um, so I'm curious, uh, what projects have you been working on despite the pandemic? Because your feed, you always got some beautiful, colorful outfit, makeup. I'm like, this is so creative and I'm here for it. I'm loving it. <laughs> um, I have been working on a lot of different photo shoots, um, trying to find photographers that are interested in doing creative things because, you know, especially when you're working with another creativity style, they have a goal in mind also. So you don't want to monopolize and like I want all your resources but I don't want you to put any input in this so I'm definitely working on building a better network of creatives um, that I can do different things with um, I've started working and script writing with a small organization of other creatives up here um, a plug for them for your inter or for your enjoyment, FYE, um, working with them, writing scripts, acting, figuring things out, figuring where we want to take that, um, getting some different channels on there. I've also started trying to branch back out and book some shows um, in Philadelphia, in New Jersey, and Atlanta for the rest of the year. Hopefully, I can get in the Coastal Fashion Week. We're going to put that in the universe um, and really see where this can go because if I'm going to devote, like you said, if I'm going to prioritize this, it needs to take me somewhere. So I'm prioritizing and I'm working hard. 
Ooh, okay. Booked and busy, I see. But yes, I'm super excited to follow your journey and to see what you have going on. Um, Where can the people find you so that they can follow your journey as well, since we're getting close to our marker here? Um, Best place to find me. You want to see what I'm doing, what I'm up to. You can find me on Instagram at model solamente. That's model underscore solamente. That's S-O-L-A-M-E-N-T-E. You can also find me on Facebook under Jazz Shanice. You also can find me on the little links on my Instagram. You can find the rest of my portfolio or where I'm at currently, what I'm working on. And I also have a YouTube channel coming soon. Um, It's going to be geared towards fashion and my adventures on this creative journey. But also if I want to have a little rant about why I'm struggling in the gym today, you're going to see that on there too. (laughs) Yeah. So you heard her go ahead and follow her on all the socials so that you guys can stay up to date. And when that YouTube channel comes out, please send me a link so that I can subscribe and share it with my audience as well. So, um, This is about the point in the episode where we have a zesty question for you. (laughs) Ooh, I'm nervous too. I know I don't do public math. Don't get too zesty. (laughs) (laughs) All right, listen. So I there is a constant debate. And the zesty question of the day is actually going to stem from Cardi B, because she is a famous Afro-Latina. Now, I don't know. Before I ask the question, are you familiar with Cardi B and her music? I've heard of her. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that woman. (laughs) So um, so this is more so about intersectionality. And we're actually going to ask you a deeper, zesty question of the day than we normally ask. So... um, Cardi B has faced a lot of backlash, despite being Afro-Latina, by criticizing Blackness in her Instagram videos. So, you know, she talks about, you know, oh, well, she has good hair or, you know, like, so different things like that. So to me, um, for you personally, and I want to hear this straight from, you know, the mouth of an Afro-Latina, um, have you had any experiences where you've had to, um, where you've had to, um, as an Afro-Latina, be criticized for um, on Black issues or vice versa? Have you ever had Black um, people telling you, um, you know, criticizing for speaking on Latina issues or Latina people criticizing for speaking on Black issues? Like, I want to hear from your personal experience with this dusty question. Ooh. Absolutely. I have had people criticize me for speaking on... Um, all types of Latinx issues. And you're like, why can't I? And they're like, oh, well, you're not. And I'm like, who says I'm not? Oh, well, we, when I look at you, I just, I don't see that. You don't know me. You don't take interest in me. You don't get to tell me that I don't have this experience that is literally a part of my genetic makeup. The same with Black people. Oh, well, you can't speak on that because you're not even all the way Black. Says who? Because in this country, especially this country, mm-hmm. that drop rule never got repealed. So... You're not going to tell me that I can or can't feel it or can't speak on it because both of those issues and both sides of that coin affect me. So, again, the line is wherever I say it is. And at any given moment, I'm going to move it. 
<laughs> We'd love to hear. And you know what? I definitely want to um, commend you for embracing your um, your heritage, your Afro-Latina heritage, because we all know, and I don't know, Dede, Lana, um, Solamente, if you experienced this, but in high school or middle school, Black folks loved giving a good piece of, I mixed. And I'd be like, child, what you mix with? And they'd be like, I mix with Cherokee Indian. I'd be like, child, you black. (laughs) You know. Um, And so people, people you know what's really funny though? Because I get that a lot. And because my growing up, like my grandmother's mother is full Native American or whatever. But I think what really sucks is that a lot of people because a lot of the history of the natives was erased the same way that a lot of our own African ancestry was. When I say it, because people always make fun of my features, like, oh, my cheekbones or my nose, et cetera. But when you look at the older siblings in that family, they all look really Native American. Yeah. My, you know, my maternal grandparents, like that side. So I always laugh and feel hesitant to say like I'm Native American, partially because I'm not affiliated with the tribe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel it's almost, I don't want to over inflate the relation like, oh, I don't feel like I can prove my Native American enough this enough. And because so often that side of the family just chooses to identify as black, even though like they go from super light skin to very chocolate. And that was another thing they said for her was that she was a dark skinned Native American woman with like bone straight hair. So no one believed it. And she was like, they thought it was weird. So I don't just throw that random aside because. No, you're right, though. It's, it is, there are a lot of people that have a lot of different heritages and cultures within them that they don't look anything like the traditional whatever they are. And people look at that and go, well, you can't be this because like you don't look like that. First and mm-hmm. foremost, bitch, fuck you. And then second. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, good daddy. <laughs> All of that. Like, give them the Riley treatment. Screw you. Screw your mama. Screw your daddy. Screw the boats y'all rode in on. Like, all of that. <laughs> Here we <up>. Right? <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the Zest with us today, Sola. We, we are so excited to be able to collaborate with you again on another artistic endeavor. And we look forward to the many artistic endeavors in the future, hopefully some soon in person. Um, Cause you get the, Oh, we, I just can't wait to be able to perform on stage in person again. Can't wait to be around people. <laughs> but yes, thank you so much for your insight and your perspective. We, we, it was truly a blessing. Um, right before we go, I know I asked you this about three times, but for the last time, for people who don't listen, where can they find you? <laughs> Best place to find me on Instagram at model, that's M-O-D-E-L underscore Solamente, S-O-L-A-M-E-N-T-E. That's the best. You can find me on anything starting there. Perfect. Go ahead and give her a follow. And um, Day-Day's going to uh, wrap it up with the outro jingle. Go ahead and sing it for us, Day-Day. It's actually just going to be the track playing. But, you know, <laughs> I'm super excited for y'all to hear it. Be blessed. <laughs> All right. Well, that's been another episode of LPS with the Zest. Thank you for listening and tune in next week for a new episode. Bye-bye for now.